You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. When you come to Revelation chapter number 2 tonight, in this chapter tonight, you'll find in chapter number 1, actually, the Bible said in verse number 4, in John to the seven churches, which are in Asia, and I'm not going to preach on that verse, but he's writing to the seven churches there uh, that are in Asia. And to a study in verse number 11 of chapter 1, uh, saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, uh, what thou seest, write in the book, and send it unto the churches which are in Asia. Uh, he's writing here to the seven churches here, that's mentioned here tonight. And uh, I, I want to say, when you study about these seven churches here tonight, uh, you'll find, first of all, they literally were seven churches. Uh, historically, there were seven churches there. Uh, when you study about the church of Ephesus, right down through uh, the church of Laodicea, uh, each one of them was there. Now, I begin to study about those seven churches. If you study about them, I believe it represents the time from Pentecost uh, to the very hour that you and I are living in tonight. Uh, when you study about the church of Ephesus tonight, uh, they had left their first love. When you study about the book, uh, or study the uh, church of Laodicea tonight, they had locked him on the outside. And uh, that's just about where we're at this evening. And uh, how sad it is, but how true it is tonight. And he's not only speaking to these seven churches here, uh, but he's also speaking to them as individuals. Because the Bible says in chapter 2 and verse 7, uh, let him that have a year, let him hear uh, what the Spirit say. He's not only talking to the churches collective as a whole, uh, but he's also talking here uh, to individuals tonight. Heaven said what it is said tonight. Don't you see as I read tonight? Now read the uh, church here of Ephesus tonight. And uh, if the Lord help me tonight, I want to preach on this subject tonight. Uh, the church that needed revival and didn't even know it. The church that needed revival and didn't even know it. Unto the angel in chapter number 2 verse 7, uh, verse number 1, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. And may I say before I read any farther, the word angel there uh, is the word messenger. And uh, it's talking about the pastor. Unto the angel, did you know you got an angel for a pastor? That's right, Amen. And uh, I think some of my folk may think they have a fallen angel, but they, uh, anyhow, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right, how uh, these things saith he that holdeth the uh, seven stars in his right hand. And of course, those seven stars are the pastors. Uh, they're the messengers. They're the preachers. Uh, and I like what he says in this verse here, their position. He said, holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. I'm glad, thank God, I'm in his hand tonight. I'm glad I'm controlled by him this evening. Uh, under the seven star and the right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And uh, now the seven golden candlesticks tonight is none other than the seven churches here. That's mentioned in Revelation 2 and 3. Look at verse number 2. I know thy works and labors and thy patience. How thou canst not bear them which are evil. And that thou hast tried them which say the apostles and are not. And hast found them liars. The King James don't pull no punches. He didn't say there's nice, he said there's liars. <laughs> Amen. Notice the next verse. Nevertheless, I have some, uh, did I read verse 3? And has borne and have patience for my name's sake. And has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, 
because thou hast left thy first love. Remember thy foot from whence thou fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove the candlestick out of this place, except thou repent. How this thou hast, how this thou hast, I hateth the deeds of the neglectance, how which also I hate. Let's read the verse right. And this thou hast, how that thou hatest the deeds of the neglectance, how which I hate also. He that have a year, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, and to him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you'll help us tonight. Lord, I realize tonight I do stand where men cannot stand alone. And I pray for the Spirit of God to help us tonight. I pray you'll anoint us with the power of God. I pray you'll give us liberty and power and unction this evening and give us everything we need to deliver the message, God, how you put in our heart. I pray you'll do a work and the hearts of your people tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for sending you and be seated. The Lord is writing to the seven churches of Asia here. And of course, the church in Ephesus here is the very first one here. How that is writing to. How when you study about these seven churches here tonight, you'll find that God has a tremendous X-ray machine. Matter of fact, he may have an MRI. Is an MRI? What is that? MRI? Uh, he may have one of them. I think he'd do a better job. Uh, even the next ray machine. And uh, he's x-raying these churches here, uh, looking at them to see uh, their condition here. And as he studies about these churches here and looks at them here, uh, he sees a number of things about these churches here uh, that I want to mention first of all here about the church of Ephesus tonight. When you come to this church of Ephesus tonight, uh, you'll find that first of all, uh, he commands the church. He begins to look at the church. Uh, he begins to x-ray the church. He says, I know thy works. I know what you're doing. I know thy works. And may I say this tonight? I'm glad he does. Amen. Hey, do you ever get the idea that uh, nobody knows how you feel? Nobody knows what you're doing. Nobody knows how much you study. Nobody knows how many doors you've knocked off. Nobody knows how many hours you have so winning. There's one that does. He said, I know thy works. And notice he commands his church. First of all, he talks to them about their service. Notice in verse number two. He said, I know thy works, thy labors, thy patience, how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and hast tried them which save the apostles and are not, and hast found them lie. Notice what he says about this church. He says, I know you're busy. He do, I know you're doing something. Hey, I know you're working. I know you're busy. Uh, he said uh, in verse number two, I know thy works, thy labors. He said, uh, I know also thy patience. He's commending them there uh, because of what they're doing. How they're going right on. How they're serving. Hey, they're working. Hey, they're teaching Sunday school. Hey, they're going soul winning. Hey, they're knocking on doors. Hey, they got labor. They're going right on. Notice the verse. I know thy works, thy labors, thy patience. He didn't only see their service. He saw their separation because look at this. And thou canst not buy them which are evil and has tried them which say the apostles and are not and has found them liars and is born and has patience for my name's sake and has labored and not fainted. 
that's a pretty good statement. And that's a pretty good thing to say about anybody. Uh, that's a pretty good thing to say about any church. He talks about their service. He talks about their separation. Look at verse 3 again. And is born and has patience for my name's sake and has labored and has not fainted. He talks about their steadfastness. Now, I would say when you look at the first three verses, that is a pretty good report. Hey, they're going on. They're serving God. They've not stopped. They stand by the stuff. They're going on. Are you listening? That's, that's pretty good. I, I mean, when you, when you look at that there, schedule for the week is full. They're busy. They hadn't stopped. They're serving. They're working. They're laboring. Are you listening? Uh, again, I want to say this to you tonight. That's a pretty good report about that church. But notice in verse number four. Has a great big nevertheless. And by the way, working is important. But why you work is more important. I said working is important. But why you do what you do, that's more important tonight. And he says, after he commands them, he says on that verse hour, he says, nevertheless, in other words, let me put it this way. If you drove down the road and saw the church of Ephesus in that day, you probably would have said the same thing about them that you'd have said about Northwood or uh, Gum Orchard. Did I get that right? Our uh, mountaintop, our, uh, our amazing grace. When I drive by amazing grace, you know what I say? That's a good church. That's a good church. When I drive by Northwood and see their sign on 601, I say, man, that's a good church. A church, a uh, frog that won't croak on his own pond ain't much of a frog. That's a good church. I drive by Gorman Orchard, I say, that's a good church. I drive out to Glade Valley Road. I see Mountaintop, I say, that's a good church. And, uh, and by the way, we say that. We're old-fashioned. We're fundamental. We've got the right Bible. We've got the right standards. And we try to have the right spirit. And uh, we command one another. I'm proud to say that my son pastors amazing grace led this church. Amen. Amen. Externally, when you drove by this church, it was just like our church. I mean, everything was in order. I mean, think about what I'm saying tonight. And you drive down the road and you see all these churches and you say, Buddy, that's a great church right there. Then you drive down a little farther and there's maybe a question mark about the next one. We know which ones are good fundamental churches. And uh, we drive by and we say, hallelujah. That's a good church. My wife was in the hospital. A little lady was waiting on her one night and I began to witness to her. I said, where do you live? She said, I live it. Is it Cherry Lane on top of the mountain up there? She said, I live at Cherry Lane. Well, you know why I'm getting ready to recommend her. And I said, uh, where do you go to church? 
She said, mountaintop. I said, glory to God, that's wonderful. I said, they got good singing. That guy ain't got much of a preacher, but they got good singing. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I, I said, how long have you been going there? And evidently she just started. How, we drive down the road. I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang on. Boy, we look up and say, that's wonderful. That's a grace, Baptist church. How, they're, they're support missionaries. They're doing a good work for God. Thanks for going all up tight to Amazing Grace Baptist Church. And you drive down the road and you say the same thing about His church and His church. But you know, that's external. There you go. We drive by and all we see is the outside. Oh, hey, yes. all, all we see is what we have a head knowledge about. Yes, right, right. And I, I want to say if you to go by this church, no doubt they would have had a pretty sign out front. No doubt they would have said probably John was the pastor. No doubt they would have said a lot of good things about this church. And the Lord looked at it from the outside and he said, man, they're doing something. Man, they're working. They're excited. They're working. They're laboring. They're working there. But again, I want to say this tonight. Work is important. But it's more important why you work. And I, I want to say in this text tonight, when you look at it, from outside looking in, I say, if I ever want to move my membership, I'd want to move it to Gum Orchard or Mountaintop or, or uh, Amazing Grace or whatever other, other one. You, you say the same thing. I mean, when you look into an area, First thing you do is start looking for a good church. And uh, we, this church has a reputation. These churches have a reputation. I'm going somewhere, look at me. These churches have a reputation. They're good churches. There's a good man by the name of Junior Easter. Help get this thing started and get it going. He's got a good reputation. And uh, I, I want to say his church got a good reputation. I hope my church has got a good reputation. But the truth of the matter is, when you look at it from the inside, and when you look at it through the eyes of God, you see, through the eyes of man, and the eyes of God are quite different. And God is saying here in this text, it's wonderful what they're doing. Their laboring's good. They're scheduled during the week. It's a false schedule. But wait a minute. Look at verse 4. Nevertheless. And if everything I just said is wonderful. And God, by the way, God doesn't lie. He was right. He was telling the truth. And I want to say, you and I, are supposed to tell the truth. When I drive down the road, I, I, I'm supposed to say, that's a good church. And from a outside looking in view, to me it is. But you know, it's quite different sometimes on the inside. It, it's not always what it looks like. You ever bought a car? Oh, brother. <laughs> it's the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
I never will forget, I bought a 73 Chevrolet Impala. That thing would reach from here to the road. It had a hood longer than this building. White with a black vinyl top. I'm telling you, that was the prettiest thing I ever laid my eyes on. I shouldn't have got it. I didn't have enough money to even put gas in it. But I bought it. After I bought it, things on the inside began to not do too good. It's for your day. I was driving down the road. And Brother Josh, all of a sudden, antifreeze started running out of the floorboard. Green antifreeze. From outside, it looked wonderful. Anybody got any idea what happened? It throwed up. <laughs> if you ever put a heater core in a 73 Chevrolet Impala, if you ever put a heater core in a 73 Chevrolet Impala and not cuss, you're saved. <laughs> I didn't have the money to get nobody to fix it. I cut my hands off. It was awful. When I did get it back together, God in heaven knows I was pastor Mount View Baptist Church and that thing drank so much gas, I didn't even have enough money to buy the gas to go to church. I, it, it, didn't, it wasn't what it looked like. It looked wonderful. My eyeballs ran out on the end of my nose when I seen it. Got what I wanted. Oh yeah. I didn't want it after I got it. And I I want to tell you, driving down the road sometime we say, That's wonderful. Oh yeah. Boy, I right down telling you that's a great church. My soul, there how their schedule for the week is always full. That's a great church. And God would say the very same thing about this church I just read about. He stuck the first three verses and bragged on it. But here's what I want to go to tonight. Look at verse 4. Nevertheless, they are doing everything he said they've done. Churches are already doing the same thing. We're, <laughs> we're so involved in the work of God. But God is sitting over here on the sideline and saying, they are busy. But the problem is, they're doing the work of God without the God of the work. Look at verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Here's a church tonight that needed revival and didn't even know it. I mean, they was doing everything. They was active. They was working. But yet God said there's something wrong with that church from a visible outside view of it. Man, it was great. But God is saying, nevertheless, nevertheless, there's something wrong there. And by the way, again, I'll say this. God's perspective of a church sometime and our perspective is quite different. And I, I want to tell you, God is saying to this church here, nevertheless, I've got someone against thee. And what I have against you is simply this. You've left your first love. And, uh, and don't you see two or three things about that tonight? Look at verse 5. He says, remember, let's read verse 4 again. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Notice what he says in verse 5. 
Remember. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Look at verse 4 again. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast. What's that next little word? It's not lose. You don't lose it. They left it. And I'll say this to you now. You don't lose it. He said, I believe you do. Well, if you do, Jesus made a mistake, died on Calvary. Yes, sir. You say, why do you say that? Because if you lose and get it back, lose and get it back, lose and get it back, that's you. That's called a work salvation. It's not a work salvation. Hallelujah, it's by grace. It's by grace. It's by grace. Amen. Notice the verse. Nevertheless, have somewhat against thee because thou not have lost, but it's left thy first love. How, what he's simply saying is this. If there's ever a time in our lives, I'm just preaching slow, is that okay? If there's ever a time in our life, Brother Robert, I come here and preached a hundred years ago, and he's white headed then. How old are you now? <laughs> if there's ever a time, Brother Robert, and everybody else in this room, if there's ever a time you're ever closer to Jesus than you are right now, you've left your first love. It may look good. It might even smell good. It might even be appealing to other preachers and people. But down on the inside, are you listening to me? It's dead. It's cold. It's dry. It's not what it ought to be. Hmm. He said... Uh, Remember, you left your first love. And, uh, and I don't know this other thing that. That's nobody's fault but yours. Let me nail this a little bit before I go there. Do you love him like you used to love him? Are you excited about serving him tonight like you've always been? My daddy used to say this and I didn't understand it. The older I get, the more I love him. The older I get, the closer I get to home. People used to kid my daddy about being well in his 80s. and They talk about being an old man, and my daddy would say, Shut your mouth. I'm one day close to home. I didn't used to understand that when I was a young man. But I'll say tonight, I understand it better tonight. And I'll say, I love him tonight. I bless him tonight. I praise him tonight. I give him glory and honor and bless his name tonight. He's more realer tonight to me than he's ever been in my life. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not spiritual. I wish I was. I'm just saying you the truth. I, I, listen, I love him more tonight than I ever have in my life. He's more realer to me than the flesh of my bones tonight. I talk to him. I fellowship with him. I tell him good night. I wake up and tell him good morning. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Come here a minute. Has there ever been a time that you're closer to him than you are right now? If there is, guess what happened? Guess who moved? You left it, friend. Hey, I'll tell you, leaving that first love on my soul. And may I say this tonight? It is a personal problem. It's not the preacher's problem. It's not the deacon's problem. It's not the choir 
director's problem. It's a personal problem. Well, you ever heard this preacher? I get so tired of hearing this. Well, you know, I just don't get fed no more. Miss Robert, don't ask you a question. We have to feed babies, don't we? Go ahead. You get the message? Yes, Babies are them that you feed. Got a sick bottle in the mouth and a pacifier in the mouth. And I just don't get fed no more. You just classified yourself. Huh? Yes, can I tell y'all something? I'd, I would hate to think the only time I ever feed is what I get at church. Yes, sir. Now don't take that wrong, what I just said. I love coming to church. I, 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 I thought about lapping the building while ago and Brother Joe the choir was singing. I love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy hearing a man of God preach. But I tell you something else I enjoy. I enjoy this driving down the road and communing with him and fellowshipping with him and enjoying his good blessings. Well, I just don't get fed no more. Well, bless your little pee-picking heart. How about that? Huh? It's a, it's a personal problem. It's not a church problem. He's writing to a church, but he's writing also to individuals right here. And I, and I want to say to you tonight, oh my soul, I don't blame nobody else for being cold. I love where I live. My wife and I moved in a new house this past year. And I put a wood, not a papa bear, but maybe a baby bear, heater in my basement. I love it. I'm trying to get my power bill down. It was $93 last month. Help me pray about that. And uh, month before that was 78 Help me pray I can get that on down. But I love that. And here's what I started to say. I, my heat pump hadn't been on, my, I think, one time today. And it came on early this morning before I got a fire built. But during the night, I turned my thermostat away down. Away down. If you like a good warm room to sleep in, there's something wrong with you. You weren't brought up the same generation I was brought up in. Sunday, put my mama put so many quilts on us, we had to have a bumper jack to jack them up to turn over. It's cold! I've laid in the bed. Watch them plastic, them plastic curtains from Smitty's department store. Ten cents a pack. Laid in the bed beside my big old brothers and when the wind would blow, them curtains would stand straight out. I said all that to say this. I turn my heat down real low at night. My wife puts cover on the bed. We like it cold. You can sleep a lot better. Go on and cut the heat off. Help your billfold. Listen to me. During the night, if I get cold and don't cover up, it ain't her fault. Go ahead. Yes. You say I'm cold. Are you getting the message? Oh, yeah. Nevertheless, I have someone to get. You left that first love. Yes, I, I'm telling you that it's a personal problem. Hey, you remember how happy you used to be? How you remember that first love, that joy that you had? Hey, you remember that first love, that fervency that you had? Hey, you remember that first love, how that devoted to, uh, devotion to God? Hey, you remember that first love, how that you're so excited and so stirred up? 
Are you listening? Mm. Mm. Remember. Remember. Oh, boy. I never forget when I first got saved and got right with God. My wife and I got married 48 years ago, just a few days ago. And uh, that first year, we really got right with God in July. From that day in 1971 to this present hour, I have never had a preacher knock on my door and say I missed you at church. Boy, it's so good. And I remember back in them days, I, I, I worked for a vocal material company. I greased the shovel down in the hole. I'd have grease from here to here to here. I'd get me some grease rags out in the afternoon and clean all that off and clean it off my face. Didn't have a phone, but I had a phone at home and I'd go in the office and I'd call my wife. That's before cell phones ever come in existence. I think we'd be better off without them today. But anyhow, I'd go in the office on my butt as I'd punch out. I'd say, I'm a coming baby. I heard on radio, Leon Michaels is running revival at Billings Hill. You be ready. We don't have to eat supper. I'd just tell me some clean clothes. I'll put them on. I'll take a bath later. I'd go to church. I'm about to shout. Are y'all listen to me? That first love, oh my soul, it was turning in our heart. Hey, I couldn't wait to get to the house of God. Hey, I couldn't wait to get back to church. Amen. You remember? You see, it's a personal problem. You remember? It's not only a personal problem, but may I say this tonight? It's a passionate problem. You see what I mean by that? Well, the Bible said they left the first love. That passion they had for Christ. Uh, that word left is a good word. That word left simply means to divorce or to send away. It carries the same meaning as a man ran his wife off. And you know what happens when you leave your first love? You do it. You, <laughs> you run it off. You forsake it. You abandon it. It even carries the meaning of going to another place. Well, I could preach right there about 30 minutes. I don't believe God leads a man to leave a fundamental church and go join a liberal church. Don't tell me God led you there. Won't be nobody here tomorrow night, but I'm preaching good. Are, are you listening to me? Hey, it's a passionate problem. Hey, that love, that excitement, that joy. Mm. That's the same way I feel, man. The joy of it. Can I kind of say this? I'm going to get off this first point. Well, Josh, I wish you could see what he sees and he sees and he sees and he sees and he sees. I'm preaching sometime and people. It's hurting them. I mean, dear God, it's like a guts balls in that or something. It's killing them. <laughs> if I had that kind of stuff, I'd get rid of it. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. It's hurting them. Yeah, yeah preach. <laughs> they ain't doing what you're doing right now, I'll tell you that. Yes, <laughs> they even left it or never had it once, say man. I'm trying to tell you tonight. It's a personal problem. It was a passionate problem. He said, remember? Hey, you remember? Hey, you remember?
I'm moving. I came up. I got saved in 1970. I got in on the latter end of the Philadelphia church. I know you probably don't even understand that. Brother Williams understands it. That Philadelphia church was a church that he left them open doors to and still had a little strength and was going on. And by the way, we're in a Philadelphia church in Laodicea and Age. That's where we're at right now. But I remember that letter in of that. Hallelujah. You could go to church and preach on broomstrong. Three people get saved. That's the truth. I'm telling you, it wasn't nothing to go to the house of God. And you know, I booked a meeting at our church this week, uh, this year on Saturday night. We can block off 99 views, I'll guarantee it. You say, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, we used to have meetings from Sunday to Sunday. Friday night, Saturday night was the biggest attended night. But boy, I tell you right now, we can get two or three in now and get folk to come. Hallelujah, wonderful. You know what's going on? It's the age we're living in. And and here's what I want to say, and I'm going to get off this first point. I I, I remember them them days. Man, you'd go to church, people would shout. Uh, There was a time at one church, I've even seen them run outside and look up and they thought the Lord was coming. (laughs) Huh? They run outside now, but it ain't to look up and see if the Lord's coming. Are you listening? I'm trying, I'm trying to tell you. Hey, they love. They, they love their first love. Are you listening? Mm. Listen to what Jeremiah said. Listen to what Jeremiah said. Y'all smoke? Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Go cry in the ear of Jerusalem saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thy spouse when we first got hooked up. Why thou, how thou wentest after me in the wilderness, and a land that was not so. You know what he said? I remember how it was. Man, that first days, and boy, I won't tell you, hallelujah, that first days of being saved. All we know is we're saved and we're going to heaven and we're excited about it. Remember. Remember. Remember the excitement? Remember the vision? Remember the dream that you had for that Sunday school class? Now the problem is we're doing the work of God without the God of the work. You say, what's the difference? We was excited then now we've got to be made to do it. Uh, are you listening to me? Then you serve our love. Now you serve our duty. I tell you what, I know, I know, I know Pastor Barker. I don't come to this meeting. I know what he'll do. He'll unload on us Sunday morning. I, I don't know if I'd handle that. You're one of this kind. <laughs> are you listening? Notice something else in this. He said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left Thy first love. Dead, dry, dusty. Remember? It don't happen in Amazing Grace this way. But I've actually had people in our church services, it would get on. Folk would be shouting, running the aisles. Waving arms. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm talking about getting foggy. 
And I'd have some of them people make some ugly faces. Come up and say, do you believe that was real? I didn't feel a thing. You can't feel anything for dead. There you go. Dead people don't feel nothing. You slap them, spit on them, do anything they want to do, they're not going to respond. I believe that's about two-thirds problem in our churches tonight. Folk need to get born in the family of God. That's where the problem's at. Hey, I want to tell you, listen, i got to get off this first point. Hey, does singing in the choir still excite you? Hey, does soul winning still excite you? Hey, does visitation still excite you? Hey, does Bible reading still excite you? Hey, does praying still excite you? Why, years ago, when they have an all-night prayer meeting, you'd be the first one there. But you know now, it won't be long for the playoffs. Hello! Are you listening? Mm. The root cause of the early church backsliding on God, they left their first love. I got to move off this first point. Remember, notice the second thing, verse 5. Bible says in verse 4, Nevertheless, have somewhat against thee because thou left thy first love. Remember, Please let, please let the Lord let you walk in your mind, walk you down memory lane tonight. Man, it's good. It's good. Um, I've been busy building some shelves in my basement. My wife and I moved in that house last year, but it still had bukus and stuff in the basement that was un. You've seen it. I'm so sorry. It was nasty. Unpacked. Well, I went to Lowe's the other night, found a bunch of lumber for $19, and bought it all, and come home, built four, three 24 long foot shelves. And I've been down there in the middle of the night, and I cut Brother Coffin's FM station home. I don't know why, but they play better music at night than they do during the day. It's awesome. Son, I'd down there throwing nails from one end to the other. Saw it and slinging the hammer. I saw three or four pieces of inch short. Wasn't even paying no attention to what I was doing. I was having me a time in the middle of the night. It's, it's still there. It's still there. It's still there, thank God. Hallelujah. Bless His name. I don't want to leave that first time and excitement for serving God. Remember. Church needs revival, didn't know it. So second thing, verse number five. Remember, nevertheless, I have somebody against thee because I left that first. Notice verse five. Not only remember, but would somebody real quickly and real loudly tell me the first word of verse five? Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. And what's the next word? Repent. Now that is a strange doctrine. Repent. Repent. Jesus said, except thou repent, thou shalt all likewise perish. Matter of fact, he repeated it in two verses. Uh, there in Luke, he said it and skipped it one time, said it again. And I'll tell you the word repent. Notice what he said. No, remember. But he said repent. Remember where you're at? Man, change your mind. Get back to where you're at. Get back excited about God. Get back serving God. Hey, repent. You know what that word means? I've read a lot of definitions on repent. Here's the best one I've read lately. Repent is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. I've changed my mind. Have you changed your action? 
I changed my mind. You only half repented. Oh, <laughs> huh? It's not just a change of mind, but it's a change of action. And notice what he said to this church here. Hey, remember where you're at? You know where you're at. You know how excited you was. Now do something about it. Repent. That's what he's saying. Not only a change of mind, but a change of action. And I'll just say this to you now. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Repent. Turn around. Change of mind. Change of action. Get back to where you was at. Get back excited like you one time was. Notice not only he said, remember, repent. But look at verse 5 again. Remember thou from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first works. You see, he wants them to remember. He wants them to repent. But then he wants them to repeat. Do the first works. You know how it was? You know how it was? You remember these days? You remember these days? <laughs> hey, repeat. Get back to where you want that. Bible said in the Colossians chapter 2 verse number 6 as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk ye in him get back to where you're at oh my soul don't stay where you're at tonight a lot of folk got enough religion just to make them miserable but I'll tell you something now it, it don't make me miserable I enjoy it I enjoy being saved man hey religion might keep you out of jail but salvation will keep you out of hell man and you know what it'll do hey you'll repent you'll, re- you'll not only repent but I don't say you'll want to repeat you want to get back don't raise your hand anybody in here ever grieved God anybody in here ever messed up anybody in here ever committed sin you know what's so sweet about God He's a forgiving God. And when you come to Him with a repentant heart and a broken and a contrite spirit, you bow before Him and say, Dear God, I, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And by the way, He knows whether you mean it or not. And I want to say, when, you, when that happens and you mean it, repeat. And what that simply means is, go back to doing what you was doing. The birds weren't singing back there, but now they're singing. You weren't singing back there, but now you're singing. You weren't rejoicing back there, but now you're rejoicing. Hey, may I say this to you tonight? That's what God wants us to do this evening. Oh, my soul. Hey, you drive by and see good churches. Man, that's a great church. That's an amazing church. If I lived in this house, I'd be a member of that church. But what does God see? Hmm? What does God see when He comes down 601 South? And looks up towards Northwood. What does he see? I know he sees a pretty building. I know he sees nice facilities, and I appreciate God letting us have that. But you know, God's not much interested in that as he is what's going on inside. And by the way, God's not much interested in what's going on in that church as he is what is going on in your heart daily. He's not only talking to church collective, he's talking to individuals also. If you hear his voice individually, I want to say, now I'm done, listen. Remember, repent, repeat, rejoice. Hello, rejoice. You say, what do you mean? Hey, God forgives. He washes it away. You can get restored fellowship. 
Are you listening to me? Thank God for that good. Uh, verse number six. But this thou hast that thou hatest, the deeds of the Nicolotans. Do you know who that is? The word Nicolotan is two words actually. First part of it deals, means to conquer. The last part of it means people. And here's what the word means. People conquer. And when people conquer in a Baptist church, God ain't got a Chinaman's change. We've committed God. We've had so many committees and churches. We've committed God just plumb out the front door. A committee is the unfit to do the unnecessary for the unwilling. God so loved the world, He didn't give us committees. A camel is a horse put together by a Baptist committee. <laughs> Are you listening? He got it. Are you listening? Here, here the Nicolotans, the first part of the word means conquer, the last part of the word simply means people. And what had happened, the people ruleth. And brother, I want to tell you, when the people ruleth, you put God outside. And here's what happened, and I'm done. Here's what happened. He says in verse number 5, if you don't repent, I'm going to remove. And there's a lot of churches God ain't a thousand miles off. Let me change that statement. There's a lot of church buildings where people assemble every week and God ain't been there in 40 years. I'd rather have a broomstall field and have God than have a cathedral without God. Can I say this in closing? I'm done. Listen. I'm confident I have done funeral after funeral after funeral after funeral that would have not been had folk live for God. Are we on the internet? Are we on the internet? Um, I can tell you a story. Recent days. Unbelievable. Simply because people will not live for God. Let me tell you this. If you're saved, He won't make you live for Him. But He'll sure make you wish you had it. And I, and, and I want to say this. If you've ever tasted the grapes in Cana, you're not going to be happy with this cold, dead, dusty, dried up, leaving that first love. That You're not going to be happy with that. I worked in Atlanta for nine years. My office was there. And uh, I was driving down the road one day, and another preacher with me, he said, see that place right over there? I said, I do. And he named the church that used to be there. I remember the pastor. That pastor's preached all over this country. Brother Mays used to go there every year. Billy Kelly went there every year. They probably run 800 to 1,000 people for years. But the good man of God left. The good preacher left. Liberalism got in there. Make a long story short, that church is no longer there. The building is even gone now. You repent or I'll remove you out. You say, preach, that won't never happen. Well, you better wait a minute. Are you listening? I'm going to ask you a question. Is your love decayed 
You say, preach, you've come up here tonight on a cold Monday night. We've come to hear you preach. You've preached mean to me. If your love's not decayed, I've not preached you. You're all right. You're wonderful. And if it has, I love you and I want to help you. Every good church. Amazing grace. Go right down by every good church has an element of that coldness of those that's not where they ought to be with God. By the way, can I say this? That happens to all of us. All of us. You talk about keeping yourself in the love of God. That's not talking about salvation. That's talking about fellowship, man. Huh? If I don't watch myself, there'll be a time in my life I won't be fellowshipping with them like I ought to. Where is the blessings I knew when I first saw the Lord? Where is the soul-refreshing view of the Lord Jesus and His Word? What peaceful hours I once enjoyed. How sweet the memory still. But they left a vacancy, and the Word is no longer found. How sad that is. Hmm. Are you busy? I wrote this down. Are you busy doing what you're doing out of duty? Are you busy doing what you're doing out of love? It's a whole lot easier when you do it out of love. I'm convinced we've got a lot of duty serving people. It is our duty to go. It is our duty to visit. It is our duty to give out gospel tracts. But I'd rather do it because I love Him. I'd rather do it because the wheels are turning in my heart. I'd rather do it because the love of God. Can I tell y'all something? Out of my car, I've got a stack of outlines this high. I preach them so many times, I don't even need to look at them. Candy sticks. Years and years and years ago, I preached out of this scripture. Tonight's the first time I've been back to it. In years. Years. You preachers know how it is. You preach out. Man, you want to give it your best. Well, I got news for you. I've given it my best. I've done what the Lord said to do. Church need revival. And didn't even know it. 